On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, Colts Nation? I am your co-host, Derek Larger. Welcome back to the Bring the Juice podcast. Joining me, as always, is your other co-host, Cody Felger. And today, we're going to be talking the second part of this series of the ranking, the draft classes that we started earlier. And today, we're going to be looking at Chris Ballard's infamous 2018 draft class. There's a lot to talk about here, folks. There's a lot of draft picks to put put into perspective on this one. It's going to spark a lot of debate, and we really want to hear your guys' opinion on this one because number one and number two, that might be a fun one to really talk about. But again, there's some other ones in here too that definitely you can say are worth a talking point. So again, we really want to hear you guys' opinion on this one because of this draft class being so infamous is one of the best draft classes ever. So we want to know what you think. So we're going to start here and I'm I'm going to start with this one. Uh, I'm going to start this one off here, Cody, and then we'll have you go into it. Um, I think you and I, I think you and I both kind of agree here with um, who is the worst draft pick, even though I I can see where you might go with this one, but I'm going to say Dion Kane uh, was the worst pick of this draft. I mean, and even in round six where Dion Kane was drafted, he was widely regarded as, you know, a, a decent wide receiver. And everyone's like, wow, that's a steal. That's a steal in the sixth round, a wide receiver that was, you know, well known for those days of, you know, getting, uh, b- making big plays with Deshaun Watson and all them. But, you know, Deion Kane just never worked out. He unfortunately had an injury when he was balling out in training camp and in the preseason and then ultimately just blew out his ACL. And ultimately, you know, he came back. Uh, didn't really shine too much uh, in 2019. You know, it, it, it. we tried to give him opportunities. It just didn't ultimately go his way. Whether or not you want to say that's part on Frank Reich or on Jacoby Brissett, you know, you can make that argument either way. But Deion Kane just never quite made it through. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he's the only one in this draft class that's not on the team anymore, at least right now. Mm-hmm. So... That's the uh, that's probably the ultimate reason too why I have him there. So that's mine. What are you going with, Cody? Yeah, Deion Kane. That is absolutely the next guy. Uh, the worst draft pick of the 2018 draft class. It's crazy because he's a guy that a lot of people hyped up. Think you know the Colts even did this whole video series on him. If you remember that last year, you know, kind of hyping Deion Kane up from that ACL injury after he suffered that. And coming back and working back and then lo and behold they cut him a few weeks into the season whenever he's not producing and so yep um and and like you mentioned he's the only draft class current only draft pick 
of this class currently not on the 53-man roster. And so I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Deion Kane is a guy that we had high hopes for, but ultimately didn't work out. Um, I believe he's in Pittsburgh now, so he's still on a team, but uh, didn't work out with the Colts. So that's unfortunate for him. But uh, yeah, now moving on to my next guy. And Derek, you're probably going to be upset with me. We talked about this. It's cool. This is a podcast where we're going to probably disagree a lot, but we're going to do it. Um, Definitely going to go with Tyquan Lewis. (laughs) Defensive end out of Ohio State. I keep feeling like I'm slanting all your boys, and I apologize. Yeah, you keep slanting Um, on my boys. (laughs) But you know what? I'm I'm going to give my my explanation for that here in a minute. Just finish with your statement. I'll... Yeah, uh, well, I look at it like this. Uh, he was drafted 64th overall. He has shown flashes, not saying he's been a bad player, but he just has not been on the field enough to validate that high selection. I mean, he's been a guy that's you know been a healthy scratch at times. He's dealt with injuries. Um, ultimately, I feel like he's a guy that for the draft capital you invested, you should be seeing more. And that's kind of what I talked about even with the Malik Hooker pick. Um, but I mean, obviously Malik, Malik Hooker has played more snaps and contributed more to the Colts and been a better player than Tyquan Lewis has, but, um, you know, just a similar situation there where, you know, he just, I don't feel like where he was drafted, he has lived up to that expectation that was placed on him. That is placed on high draft picks like that. Um, you look at all the other guys on this in that second round, they've all contributed in some way. Um, especially in the second, you know, first and second round, all those guys have been starters or they've shown me potential. And so um, that's who I have there as a second guy, second worst guy on my list. Uh, what do you think, Derek? You know what? I'm going to agree with you here, Cody, that Taekwondo Lewis is the second worst. And look, the, what I was going with was because I thought – you were going to go with Taekwon as the number one bust. That's where I was thinking <laughs> that you were going to go with this. But even I have to hold my Ohio State boys to some level of accountability here, okay? You're right. He was drafted in the second round. I didn't, when Taekwon Lewis was drafted, I did not think, personally, I'm going to say this, I did not think he was worth the second round pick. I thought he was going to be a later third round option because I didn't think his production at Ohio state necessarily matched worth getting a second round, but just because of the defensive line that the Buckeyes, you know, had and, you know, things of that nature, that's at that time. That's why I thought Taekwon would go there. But um, again, like you said, Taekwon, you know, drafted in the second round when he was, when he was healthy in the beginning of the year, he had a few moments. He, he had a few plays and you know, everybody looks back to the Cowboys game. He had two sacks in that game. He was a good contributor to the Colts in a big game against the Dallas Cowboys in Indianapolis. So, you know, everyone kind of said, Oh, is Taekwon Lewis about to be that guy that can contribute more often? We hope so, but he just, you're right. He just hasn't really done much since then. He was a healthy scratch for a lot of last year as well. And he's just continued to get injured. And now this defensive line is so stacked at the, at the position that they were trying to put him in, in the first place. Now they're having to tell him to move out of that again. So we've said it before uh, multiple times over this off season that this is a make or break year for Taekwon Lewis in a lot of ways. So you know, I, I totally agree with you that Taekwon Lewis is the next one for me on that. And then I think the next one that I'm going to go with here, 
Um, this is where it kind of gets into dicey territory here, just because like, you know, you got a couple guys that you can mention here. It just depends on your perspective of how, how things go here. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to probably say my next one is, uh, Zaire Franklin for me. Um, just because again, Zaire has seen less of the field than what I would like. I mean, I know he's particularly a special teams guy and, you know, he's fit. He's probably, he's right at this moment. He's the fourth linebacker in the, in the group right now when it comes to linebacker room. So obviously one man goes down, he's most likely the next guy to step into that role. But you know, I just, I would like to see more from Zaire because I think he's, he's got the potential for that. I think he's kind of like a, a slightly more athletic Anthony Walker is a smart guy. I just think that he could, you know, he could just wise up a little more and, and learn coverages better. I feel like he would be able to do that. Um, I don't know where you go here, Cody. I'm interested to see what, what your next guy is here. Mm-hmm. This might be, oh, I don't know if it'll be a hot take. Maybe I'm going to go Reese fountain. I really am. And I'm going to go with Reese fountain. Everything that we have seen from Reese fountain has really, you know, not mattered in the grand scheme of things. If that makes sense. Like he hasn't been a factor on whether the Colts win or lose games. Heck he hasn't even played a regular season game since yeah. he's been drafted. I mean, you could maybe throw in that wild card game, but I mean, he barely played. He didn't really contribute. I think he dropped a touchdown pass. So, I mean, all in all, he hasn't really contributed to anything the Colts have really done. And it's not been his fault. I mean, last year, that horrible injury happened. Um, We're hoping he can get back and contribute to the Colts this year. But the reason why I put him over, you know, guys like Xavier Franklin, Matthew Adams is because those guys have played some snaps on defense, but they also contribute on special teams which I think is something that you can't forget about, you know, special teams we saw last year, it can win you and it can also lose you some games. And so the, the, both those guys play special teams. And I think that is why I have them, you know, they're contributing to the team. Maybe they're not being instant starters and they're not, you know, making, you know, 12 tackles a game, but they're doing things on special teams that helps you win games. And so that's, I guess why I have Reese Fountain there ahead of even some of those guys, some of those linebackers that we'll probably talk about here in a second. Yeah. So who's your, who's your uh, fourth here? Okay. Uh, Zaire Franklin, probably then Um, the guy, you know, I I feel like, you know, you look at Zaire Franklin, Matthew Adams, both guys that were picked in the seventh round, Matthew Adams has played more snaps on defense. And I honestly feel like he's a better player than Zaire Franklin. Um, I feel like he's more of a run stopping defender, a linebacker, but I feel like he's a guy. He played a lot of Sam linebacker there. Um, when the Colts used him before they drafted Bobby Okariki, he was play was starting at that Sam linebacker. Um, so he's a guy that I feel like he, he's the guy that can help on special teams, but he's also just, he's a solid run defender. And I think that he can just help the Colts, in that nature whenever they need that. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going Matthew Adams probably there, or I'm sorry, Zaire Franklin probably there um, instead of Matthew Adams. And then Matthew Adams okay. will be my next guy. So, um, yeah, so, okay, I'm going with uh, Darius Fountain and then Matthew Adams. So, uh, basically, you know, you and I are agreeing, Deion Kane at the worst, Tyquan Lewis at the second worst from where he was drafted, then basically our positions of Darius Fountain and Zaire Franklin are basically switched. And then obviously we have Matthew Adams as the fifth guy. I mean, Matthew Adams, again, like you said, special teams guy has played a lot more defensive snaps. So I I do like Matthew Adams as a role guy. Um, 
unfortunately he's just nothing more than that right now. Um, I think again, yeah. a Matthew Adams could potentially be a starter at a lot of other teams. It's just that we just use him for that. Um, all right. So this is, this is where it starts getting into some dicey territory here. Um, it, it, <laughs> I, I feel like, damn, I'm going to get, I'm going to get so much backlash for saying this. Um, I'm going to, should I do it? Uh, yeah, do I'm it. going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Okay. It's, it's not him Hines for me. It's not him Hines at Ooh. that next one. Now I'm not saying it because I feel that it's necessarily his fault. I don't necessarily believe that it was his fault of the situation he was put in. I feel I have said this on multiple occasions that I believe that Frank Reich has done a disservice to Naheem Hines personally by not getting him more involved in the offense. I feel Naheem Hines, he was much more productive. I felt in the 2018 season with Andrew Luck, than especially in the run game. And he was not used that much in 2019. I felt that we could have used him in so many other ways. Now I know obviously production, it's a little bit different from standard to standard, but I feel that there was so much more than Naheem Hines could have provided early on and wasn't it. I mean, early on, he didn't capitalize on it. Let's call it out his when he was, when he was first in the, as a rookie, I mean, he lost, he lost one of his only few jobs in the beginning as, you know, as a punt returner and as a kick returner, cause he kept having an issue catching the ball. So, I mean, you know, Naheem Hines basically lost one job on special teams, but eventually like you saw, like we saw at the end of the season, he got it back. And as a punt returner at the end of the season, he completely dominated. I, I, I like that about him. I'm just saying that what his ability is, and what he can become, I feel just he hasn't lived up to that yet. And that's why it, it it irks me. And I'm not saying it's all his fault. I think it's, I honestly think it's 70% of the Colts fault, 30% Naheem's fault for not using him the correct way. So that's why I have Naheem Hines here. Obviously your reaction, Cody, was a little crazy. Um, what, what are you thinking here for, our sixth guy right here in the middle of the pack. All right. Well, so let's, let's pour some more fuel on the fire here. I'm, I can hear it in the comments, man. Somebody's going to rip me a new one. Let's bring it, bring it on, man. Let's do it. Uh, I'm going Kamoko Ture. I'm doing it. I'm going Kamoko Ture. Oh my God. He's a guy coming in draft the second round. You know, I, I like Kamoko Ture quite a lot. Like I don't, I feel like it's kind of funny because somebody could say it's Kamoko Turi. I do not hate Kamoko Turi. I think he's a good player. He's last year a lot, but he was injured last year and you know, it's not his fault. It happens. Um, but then, you know, even the year, his rookie year, he, he showed some flashes, but he, I feel like, you know, when I compare Naheem Hines and Kamoko Turi, I feel like Naheem Hines has been more durable and I also feel like Naheem Hines has made more of an impact. Now, I know Kamoko Chari was tearing it up at, at the beginning of the 2019 season. So I certainly think he can still jump, you know, and, and be a more of an impact player than Naheem Hines. I don't, I think, but just off of the sample size that I've seen, um, I feel like, <laughs> gosh, someone's going to just be so mad at me, but it's all right. <laughs> I feel like Kamoko Chari, 
He just needs to prove that he can be healthy and he has to just continue to, you know, progress and elevate his pass rushing game. Um, yeah, that's just for me. I feel like Naheem Hines is probably has been more consistent than Kamoko Ture has in his first couple years. So yeah, that's, that's my take. Probably maybe a hot take. I don't know. We don't really do those, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it's, it, you have a small argument there. I can understand why I don't agree, but I can understand. Um, okay. So are we going, are you going Naheem Hines here next? Or are you going Jordan Wilkins? Cause I'm assuming that's who your two options are. Oh, I forgot about Jordan Wilkins. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll put Jordan Wilkins, and then I will put Kamoko Ture. Right. I, I messed up there. I forgot about Jordan Wilkins. Yeah, Jordan Wilkins yeah, so, in the same draft, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Wilkins just, you know, if you talk about a guy that hasn't been used, he just is a guy that has not just seen the yeah. field a lot. And, I mean, it's just because he's behind Marlon Mack, now Jonathan Taylor, you know, Naheem Hines, and then, you know, Jonathan Williams even last year. Um, but he's been good when he's been given the opportunity. He just has not been given much of an opportunity because of the running backs in front of him. So yeah, Jordan Wilkins. And then for me, Kamoko Ture and then Naheem Hines. So I'll let you do yours then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going Jordan Wilkins here as well. Um, it, it, it's unfortunate. Um, the situation that Jordan Wilkins has been put in both years, you know, that he, he is the only running back at the amount of carries he's at to average six yards a carry on those carries that he's received. He's the only one. And it's crazy because right now he's the fourth running back on our roster. He's going to most likely be the fourth guy on the depth chart. And he's the only running back with that amount of carries that he has to have six yards on average. It's incredible. It really is. I mean, the Colts have a, envious just endless amount of riches at the running back position that we just ultimately can't use unfortunately i think jordan wilkins is eventually going to go which is you know it's sad because you know he's done so well um with the limited amount of time that he's had but you know obviously with them adding jonathan taylor uh this uh, this last draft it just makes wilkins spot much less secure so i i don't know uh it's kind of why I had Jordan Wilkins ahead of Naheem Hines because Jordan Wilkins has been more more of a uh, has been more consistent. He's like I said, he's been averaging around six yards a carry. I mean, I don't see Naheem Hines doing that, and obviously Naheem Hines is known for more of the big play. But Jordan Wilkins is a workhorse. I, I like Jordan Wilkins. Unfortunately, I just think that. The, the reason I had Hines below Jordan Wilkins is just simply because, again, I didn't think Naheem Hines' production matched where we got him. I thought we could get more out of him. So that's where I'm going with Jordan Wilkins. And then I'm going to put uh, Kamoko Ture as my fourth, uh, the fourth best pick here. Um, like you said, Cody, it didn't do much his rookie year, but I'm looking at the potential of what I see here in the second round and you get an edge rusher in the second round, you expect them to eventually become good guys. Um, Kamoko Ture has shown flashes of what his greatness can be. And I, I really like that about him, uh, especially working with Robert Mathis. I think this kid's going to be a stud for the, uh, foreseeable future. Um, I've said it on Twitter multiple times that I cannot express how excited I am for this kid. Um, so that that's, that's ultimately me here um, for Kamoko Ture is my fourth. 
Um, who's your, uh, well, you already said your fourth. Why don't you just go ahead and give us your, uh, third, third option here, or actually here, I'm going to do my third option because I want to hear your second option. And then that way I can go into my first. Cause I want to hear your reaction first. I want to, I want to see, because I was, I was telling him earlier folks that I said, I wanted to see who he put as number one and number two, because I'm, I'm excited for it. So he gave me a little hint, but I don't necessarily know for a fact just yet, but I think <laughs> you and I can agree here at number three that uh, Braden Smith is the number three best pick in this draft. The guard mm-hmm. out of Auburn who moved to right tackle from the very beginning, Braden Smith was put into a bad situation, right? You moved him out of his original position at college, but you moved him to a tackle. So he's already in a weird situation. You drafted Quentin Nelson so you overloaded on offensive line in the first two rounds. And I mean, Braden Smith throughout the, uh, throughout these first two seasons of playing Braden Smith has been a above average right tackle. I mean, he's been a, you could say he's a top 15 right tackle in the NFL, which, you know, for, for him is a really good compliment because obviously when you're talking about, um, a guy who has never played that position before and he's getting put up against mostly the best defensive linemen on the other team because they know Anthony Costanzo on the other side is a top three left tackle. You got Quentin Nelson, who's obviously now the best guard and and best offensive lineman in general in the NFL and Ryan Kelly on that left side. So they're not going to put their best defensive lineman on that side. They're going to put them on the right side. So that way they can get take to take advantage of Braden Smith. And against all that, Braden Smith is still one of the more consistent, reliable options has not missed a lot of time. He's been reliable. He's been dependable. He's been good. And he's still young. He's still same, the same age as Quentin Nelson. So it's amazing. He's two years in and Braden Smith is already, you know, uh, already getting into a good rhythm here with this offensive line. Um, he was not ranked like a Quentin Nelson, but to see Braden Smith get the hate he gets, I don't understand it. I mean, he's not the weak link on this offensive line. So I, I really liked Braden Smith. I like this third pick. Cody, would you agree? I would agree. Yes, I would agree. And I think you basically said everything that I would say. He's just, you know, for what he was asked to do his rookie year. And now, you know, he's been in the league now a couple of years. I think overall, it's been a really good success story with Braden Smith. I mean, you know, Chris Ballard even said when he drafted him, he didn't think he was going to play tackle. He said, he's going to be a guard. And lo and behold, you know, injuries happened in that New England game and Braden Smith goes and plays right tackle. And uh, he hasn't relinquished it since. And so um, I certainly think that it was a good selection. And, you know, the move, while, you know, probably was a little bit of a shock for Braden Smith. I know they had to kind of help him a little bit in his rookie year. I feel like he's continuing to develop, continuing to get better. And it also helps now, you know, he's going to have, he, he has some decent competition on the other side of the, the ball to kind of even help him. You know, they always say iron sharpens iron. Well, I think you can certainly attribute, you know, Justin Houston, Jabal Sheard the last few years, they've certainly probably helped Brayton Smith kind of grow up a little bit in a lot of ways at that right tackle position. Um, and I thought he had a really good and a pretty, really decent, you know, second year. So overall, yeah, I agree. Brayden Smith for me is undoubtedly three. All right. The moment I've been waiting for, I can't wait for this. Um, who's your, who's your number two best player from the 2018 draft class? 
Oh, if you could see me right now, I'd be, I'm stressed. Um, <laughs> I, okay. You're stressed. I'm stressed. I'm stressed for my, for you. I wanted, <laughs> because we were talking about this earlier. We said there's going to be some debate in the comment section. We, if you guys made it this far into the video, please have some talk in the comment section. We want to hear your opinions on this. Cause this is definitely worth the talk. So please Cody. Oh, all right. Probably gonna lose all our subscribers because of this. <laughs> um, we worked very hard for this, and now I just blow it by saying something <laughs> stupid. Um, it's all good though. Um, I've heard I've heard worse. Um, here we go. So for number two for me, we've had this debate. Derek and I have had this debate off air. Number two for me is Quentin Nelson. Now I know. Hold the hate comments. Wait. Let me explain. Let me explain. Derek, don't start throwing things at me. Through the I, I'm not going to throw um, things at you yet. Not yet. <laughs> so if here's I my throw, I, mean, if I could throw this water bottle from here all the way to Indiana where you live, I would. Trust me, but it's not Why? possible. I'm a Notre Dame fan. And, okay. I know. Anyway. That's the crazy part about it, too. It You're crazy. going against your own alma mater. <laughs> I'm doing it, man. I'm doing it because Quentin Nelson, generational player, right? fantastic guard, best offensive lineman in football, no debate on that. But we knew that Quentin Nelson was going to be one of the best offensive linemen in the, in the next decade. Like we knew that was going to happen, right? The mm-hmm. Colts just were lucky enough that they still got their guy, Quentin Nelson at six. We knew he was going to make a major impact day one. But when you look at a guy like Darius Leonard, he was called the worst draft pick by Blue and he does not let the report forget that, right? Darius Leonard has a chip on his shoulder, unlike any player I've seen, right? He And he backs it up. Like, he backs it up every single time. And for me, looking at where he was drafted, Quentin Nelson has been phenomenal, first-team All-Pro every year. But Darius Leonard has been a guy, small school guy. He's not a Notre Dame guy. He's not an Ohio State guy. He's not one of those big school type of guys, right? He is a guy that came out of South Carolina state. Like, where is that? Like, like what? I never even heard of that school. I mean, like he's just a guy that has come in and he has just lit the world on fire. I mean, he was breaking rookie records. He was doing historic things that we've never seen before as a second round pick. And nobody knew who he was. Small school guy. Quentin Nelson has been absolutely incredible. He's changed the offensive line. You know, it, they went from one of the worst in 2017 to one of the best in 2018. But for me, Darius Leonard has exceeded expectations beyond anybody on this draft class. That's what I'm grading this on. And that's why I'm going Darius Leonard one, Quentin Nelson two. You really could put them as, you know, as, as uh, Nick Sirianni said with Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor, a one-on-one punch. Cause I believe they are both fan, fan, fantastic players, you know, generational type players. But for me, yeah. based off of where they were drafted, I feel like Darius Leonard has exceeded expectations more than Quentin Nelson has, if that makes sense. That's my argument for this. All right. I, I respect it. I do. I do. I respect it. Um, it. Here's the thing. My my bias as an offensive lineman is about to come out of me. Okay, that's why I was hoping you would go with that option because I wanted to have my offensive lineman pick for myself here because of just the personal stuff of, you know, being an offensive lineman in high school. I understand this. Um, no, no question about it. Like you said, um, 
these two are generational players. I mean, you could honestly make the argument for this either way. You could, because you have arguments for either way that you pick this year. Um, I have Darius at, t- at number two, because um, like you said, Darius Leonard putting up numbers that in the first two see he's putting up numbers in his first two years that only Ray Lewis was ever able to do. Now, whether or not your opinion on Ray Lewis is the best linebacker in football, it, it, you believe that or not, Ray Lewis was obviously the most dominant. I mean, people feared that man. That every time you stepped on the field with Ray Lewis, you knew what you wanted to know where the heck he was because he was going to lay the hammer on you every time. I, I love that about Darius because Darius just seems to be all over the field. The man is a turnover machine. Has he just he just is everywhere, and that's incredible about him. Um, here's why I have Quentin Nelson at number one. Okay, because. He was drafted in a spot that the the disrespect towards Darius Leonard by Bleacher Report, obviously that was the chip on the shoulder. But you had the national media telling the Colts and their fan base and the NFL that picking a guard at number six is not a good move. It's not. You should never pick a guard at number six is what they said. Well, Quentin Nelson came in from day one and his – tenacity and his aggressiveness on the line has completely changed the format of that offense. No disrespect to Darius Leonard, but he obviously has not changed the culture of that defense. He's improved them in so many ways. And I like that about Darius Leonard. I do. Um, again, I'm not throwing any shade towards Darius Leonard's way. And the same with Cody. Cody's not throwing shade at, at Quentin Nelson. It's so It was hard for us to sit here right now and do this because we both like them. I think you can agree, Cody, that you and I like them equally, correct? Yeah, Derek, I think it's fair to say we love them both equally. I mean, they both <laughs> contributed to the horseshoe you know, in different ways, but they both contributed to being, you know, turning around this team from where it was in 2017 to, you know, making it to the playoffs and being, you know, a playoff contention team each year. So I definitely think that we can for sure uh, agree that they're both, you know, phenomenal players in their own right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I like Quentin Nelson on the offensive line because he changed the culture of the offensive line and changed the culture of the offense. They went from a team that was trying to pass to say, let's run the damn ball. That's the motto of the offense now. And Quentin Nelson's been the front runner of that. So that's why I just love Quentin Nelson more. And as a, as a lineman, as a fellow lineman, I can appreciate that that kind of tenacity and that kind of play from somebody like a Quentin Nelson. So that's where my, uh, obviously my prejudice comes in there. But um, anyways, again, we hope you guys enjoyed this one. There was a lot of shock and awe in this one, a lot of emotion. Uh, again, be sure to let us know what you think of, uh, of these, of these picks. Cause we want to see what you guys think. Uh, we'll have another one. Coming up soon, we'll talk about the 2019 draft class and others uh, to come. So thank you guys so much again for listening. We hope you enjoyed, and as always, go Colts.